in all of our readings today, there has a small connotation of food and eating. We hear in our first reading the eating and the reminder of eating on their journey from Egypt into the Promised Land. St. Paul today writes about being one bread, one body. And then in our Gospel reading, Jesus tells everyone that I am the living bread. Unless you eat my flesh, you will not have life everlasting. I don't know about you, but I, I'm very much a foodie. When I eat food, it's meant to satiate a desire, this desire of hunger. And in eating, I quench that desire of food, of needing something for myself. But the challenge and difficulty when it comes to eating is sometimes your body tells you that you're still hungry, even after a ginormous meal which then may lead you to gluttony, which may then lead you to feel sick to your stomach, and then the food, instead of helping to nourish and care for yourself, it then does the opposite and begins to hurt your body. But when we talk about food and that satiation and that quench of desire, we learn and understand for ourselves that there's still something more we're yearning. When we eat, and quench that desire for hunger, we're still never satisfied. We're never satisfied. But even after eating ourselves to gluttony, we're still not even satisfied. We want dessert. Maybe we want something more. Or if a good friend offers us something even better, it's like, let's eat. Come on, let's keep eating. That desire is never quenched or thirst. So there's something within us that is yearning for more, even when we're eating. So if food is going to nourish our body physically, then what is our soul really doing? Because our soul needs food also. Our soul has a desire that needs to be quenched and needs to be satiated. But what are we doing to satiate that thirst of our soul? Mm. That's mostly our answer. I don't know. If our food, our body needs food, our soul needs spiritual food to be nourished and fed. That food is Christ himself. And today with the Universal Church, we celebrate the body blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, the food that will nourish our soul. But just like how we have choices when we go out to eat, we could choose Whataburger, we can choose McDonald's. We have many options we have to satiate and quench that hunger of our body. But when we look at our soul, there's only one thing that will nourish and feed our body, which is the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. But instead, if we look at our first reading from Deuteronomy, we see that we begin to fill that thirst of our soul with things that aren't supposed to be there. We fill our souls with things that we believe will quench that desire, that hunger within ourselves, but instead what it does for us is put us in a vicious cycle of nothingness. Take a look at our lives, my dear brothers and sisters. When we put God as second in our lives and put the power or the food of power the food of prestige, the food of recognition and attention, the food of I, the food of me. 
How happy and satiated are you in those desires, in those food itself? I don't know about you, but when I feed my body with the food of desire, the food of pleasure, the food of power, I feel sick to my stomach and I feel uncomfortable. Because I'm truly never happy with that. I'm constantly chasing after power, prestige, pleasure, but at the end of the day, that lie that those things will nourish and satiate my desire within my soul becomes the source of my downfall. I'm seeking, therefore, more pleasure. I'm therefore seeking more power. I'm therefore seeking more recognition and attention. And I'm therefore seeking the selfishness of myself. But at the end of the day, I have gained nothing in all of the pursuit. I have not quenched that desire at all, but now I have a deeper desire for more of something with true substance, something that will truly satisfy and bring content into my life. So look at our lives. Are you truly happy with where you're at? Are you truly content and satisfied with where you are in life? It was always interesting to me, when you look at all these millionaires that we have across the world, none of them are truly happy with their life. We see so many millionaires take their life and commit suicide. Why? We think within ourselves, within where we're at right now, if we had another dollar, we would be more comfortable, we would be more happy, we would be satisfied in our life. These millionaires have dollars after dollar after dollar. They have all the cars they can possibly want for themselves. They have the biggest and beautiful houses in the world. But are they truly happy? If it's not for the next Ferrari, they're not going to go pursue something else. They're going to want the next best, latest, and greatest things. But they're still never happy. The people, the chosen people, the Israelites, as they wander through the desert, struggle to find and understand what truly is going to bring them happiness. Just like us, we are searching for that true happiness. We're searching for what is truly going to quench that thirst, that desire within ourselves. And I'm sorry, my dear brothers and sisters, the easiest answer to that quenching and that thirst is the Eucharist itself. The challenge is we don't want to accept the Eucharist. Because in accepting the Eucharist, we accept something radically different. We're not coming up here to receive some wafers and a, a jar of apple juice or grape juice. We're not coming up to say, oh, this is a symbol of Jesus Christ. It's not a symbol. It's not a sign. It's not something that we just mimic. But it is the body, blood, soul, and divinity. It is what our soul is yearning for. Augustine writes in his book, The Confession, My heart is restless until it rests in thee. We will never be satisfied, we will never be content until we allow the Eucharist to enter into our lives. In doing so, we become walking tabernacles. We become the place where God dwells. We become the place where God remains. And we bring that to the world. 
But in doing so, we have to begin to remember what happens at the altar is ordinary bread and wine is brought up. Ordinary bread and wine then becomes, through the words of consecration, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when we come to receive the Eucharist, when we come to become the walking tabernacles into the world, we're called to live out that transformation and that change. When we come into the church, we we are ordinary people. But when we leave the doors of the church, we become extraordinary people. People filled with Christ's love, people that have been transformed and changed forever. And it is hard because it requires change. It requires being challenged. It requires being uncomfortable and doing something that we don't want to do. To live our lives in extraordinary ways and not just ordinary ways. So the question for us, my dear brothers and sisters, is who do we want to be like? Do we want to be like Bill Gates? Or do we want to be like John Paul II? Mother Teresa of Calcutta, St. Francis. They have nothing. Mother Teresa of Calcutta left everything to serve the poor people. St. Francis abandoned his riches of the world to serve the poorest of the poor. John Paul II, during the war, gave up his life to serve the church and became the youngest pope in our history. But yet, if we look at all three of those extraordinary lives, who was more happier? The millionaires we see around the world or the three saints who've given up everything and in some sense in the eyes of the world have nothing, but yet are the most happiest, joy-filled, and compassionate people that the world has ever seen. So as we come to celebrate the solemnity of the body and blood of Christ, we come to recognize that only in and through Christ will our life have meaning. It is only in and through Christ where our life will truly be satisfied and content, which will bring us joy, happiness, and true peace. But it's not going to be easy. It's going to require being challenged. It's going to require change. It's going to require us to be uncomfortable. But if we do, we know the results. We know what the world is going to bring us, but we know what Christ is going to bring us. So at the end of the day, as we come to finish and begin our celebration, the choice is yours.